You're inside Cafe Conversation, where everybody has a story to tell, and I'm the one bringing you those stories. I'm Lady D. Now let's get into it. Shot, yeah. 411. That's Mary J. Blige. That's what I'm talking about. It was Rimshot. He um, 
got his, that was his big deal, was the Rimshot album with Erica Badu, Dallas is on Erica Badu, and then uh, Love of My Life with Erica in Common. He's also got film scores, and he's, he's worked with Jazzy um, Wright, and he's worked with Michelle um, Indigo I believe. I mean, there's, there's lots of people, don't quote me on that one, but there's lots of people that um, he's lended his gifts into, and I was blessed to be one of those. And he worked on this, this, this song here. Well, not the not the most recent one. The first single that came out in, in 13 was entitled Never Shoulda. And that's Mighty Work. Mighty and I collaborated on that one. Um, of course, the, the track is his, the lyrics were mine. One of those situations where I drove up over there. He was like, hey, I got some things for you to listen to. He gave me a CD of about five tracks that he produced. And I put it in the car and was driving from my job over in Duncanville ISD to my job out in North Lake College and pulled over on Luke Club in Chenoweth Parkway and wrote that song. I did. Wow. And within two weeks, I think we had a finished project. And two weeks, three, three studio sessions, maybe, and it was a done deal. We released that back in January 2013. Wow. is still a very close friend of mine. Most recently, like this past Christmas, um, he asked me to be a part of his uh, Christmas talk box album. And so we were able to collab again. And I look forward to doing some more work with Mighty in the Coffee. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah, I, I don't know him personally. I think I met him one time. Some kind of way we ended up Facebook friends. Mm-hmm. And just watching him on Facebook and following him on Facebook, I adore just everything. I thought you wrote poetry. Did not realize that they were lyrics of songs. She is so lyrical. And that's how I literally I fell in love with just the words that you write sometimes. But you know what's crazy about Madi is that he personifies that. He, he's art. Like he's yeah. living art. He just yeah. in everything that he does, just a general conversation with Madi, with with or without an instrument in his hand, you know, he's just he's walking, talking art. Like everywhere he goes, everything he touches becomes artistic some kind of way and so he's just he's a good guy to know he's, a, he's an awfomly incredibly talented musician he is he's an angel he really is heard it all before heard it all before so heard it all before um, was something that I did with a buddy of mine and for you wrote it no I did not I was, um, this one I did not. Um, Anthony J. Houston, AJ Audio, who's also uh, a local producer, he's a hearing gallery, uh, sound guy, audio engineer. Um, he's a buddy of mine. We, you know, both came out of North Texas. He's a few years younger than me, but through ties, mutual ties, we ended up connecting a few years ago. And he said, I have this song. You know, he's a, at that time, was a dad of only girls. Um, and he's like, I have this song, and I think your voice should be great on it. So I went out and met with him, and I listened to the lyrics and they drew me right away. Um, the song is a little more pop than what I think I'm accustomed to and he was like, oh, but you can do it, you can do it. He's an amazing, you did. he's an amazing vocal engineer. Everything you hear in that song was my vocal and Anthony's direction. We call him Debo. Uh, so you can hear me talk about Debo, that's Anthony. But it was all his direction. He had um, a fact check for me to listen to and I think two sessions and we were done with that one too, background and the whole nine yards. But, um, he, he told me he had the song he wanted me to listen to, and it was uh, important to him because he asked himself, you know, with these girls, if somebody was giving advice to my girl, what would you want them? To, what would you want to tell them? What would you want them to know? And that's where he got the lyrics first. Uh, heard it all before, so he just allowed me to give life to it on you record. You did that. You gave life. It was it was a phenomenal experience. We shelved it for a while. I mean, it kind of set the un, you know untouched for me. Once we finished it, it was kind of like what to do with it. Right. You know, I. I didn't know um, at the time if it would be something that mainstream radio would pick up 
or, you know, if it was something that would get a lot of attention, you know, on the radio stations that we listen to. But I felt very passionately that there would be a time when this song would be very pivotal and the message behind the song would kind of have a way. And um, then came the emergence of Black Girls Rock right. and some of the other uh, feminine movements and the empowerment movements, you know, we're telling our girls you don't have to let social media run your life. You don't have to be a part of an in crowd to be somebody, you know, you are perfect just like you are in all of your imperfections. And I think now it just has, to, has just been the time that that song needed to live. Um, my baby girl is sitting over here. We talked about it earlier. My goddaughter, she's 16. She's in high school. And when she listened to it the first time, she put it out on her Instagram. And the feedback that I got from teenage babies that was just saying, you know what, this song just speaks to me. I needed to hear it today. I needed to be reminded. To me, and I'm not a teenage baby. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm, and it still speaks to me at 40. I, you know, I was telling someone the other day, it's amazing how we still struggle with confidence. You know, even right. even the, the closer I get to 40, you know, and I've done amazing things and had amazing experiences in life. I have absolutely no regrets. But there are days when I have to remind myself these imperfections have a place too. Right. You know, and I'm perfect. Right. Just like I am. Just like you are. Just like exactly. And so that song is what that is. I appreciate, you know, D-Lo for thinking of me when he wrote that song and for allowing me to live. I appreciate you too, <laughs> Thank you, Debo, uh, for allowing me to live on it like that. And uh, and I'm just looking forward to seeing, you know, what kind of doors it opens and what kind of lives it impacts. Well, it impacts my When I first heard the song, I listened to it, but I was at work, so, you know, you're moving around. And then I had to make myself be still, and I listened to it again. And I promise you, the vision that I had was myself standing in front of a mirror once. This is real life. This happened to me. And I was dealing with myself. I was dealing with my weight. And I was like 270 some pounds at the time. And my self-esteem wasn't where it needed to be or where it should have been. And I was feeling a little bit down and bad about myself. And when I heard the song, I had that open vision of me standing in front of that mirror. And the Lord speaking to me and telling me, you should work in the confidence. And then when I, I was like, whoa. And then I played it again. And I probably played it so many times I was able to sing, uh, sing along with the song. That's good. I just sing along That's with the song. That's what I wanted to do. I just kept playing it and playing it. Because once you, it gets into your spirit, and you realize that, okay, so I may have this, or I may have a scar here, or I may have a wrinkle there, but I'm still, I'm just fine. I'm perfect. I'm what God made. So I love that. Camille, you know what's interesting about that is I think when I recorded this song, you telling that story, you know, brings some of the memories of what I felt when I was recording it. And that was a time when I was 350 pounds. And um, not confident. And I think maybe that's why I didn't pursue my music the way that I wanted to because I had been told, you know, the industry is not plus size girl friendly and you got such a pretty face, but you know girls that, you know, are overweight and that don't look like this and don't fit this deal really don't go in. Really just heard it all before. You know, and, and, and it's like more than the things that we see, but it's the labels we let people put on us. Right. You know, and eventually when people tell you stuff enough, you start to internalize it exactly. and we got to change the diet of the message and I think that's what this song does you know right. it just reminds us you're going to hear this stuff people are going to tell you this stuff you've heard it all before there's not anything you wanted to say exactly. nothing that anyone could come up with to tell you about you that's true. that you haven't heard or even thought maybe yourself but at the end of the day 
nobody perfect, but you Perfect. Right. And and if that's not our Father God, the Creator, the one who right. gave us those imperfections, the one who made us different, those imperfections have perfect too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some imperfections are possible about it. Does. And I'm glad that it, it warms. It warms you up. It warms your heart. And like I said, I let the office here before I let anybody else here because again, I'm at work. I'm at work and I'm working. For them, but I'm working for me too. Mm-hmm. And as I was listening to the song, and everybody else was standing around my desk listening to the song, bobbing their head and everything, they were like, "Yeah." Um, my coworker instantly said, "My granddaughter Maya needs to hear this song wow. because Maya's beautiful, but she still has issues." You know, because I guess when you're a teenager and everybody looks a certain way and they, you feel like you got to look a certain way, you got to act a certain way to fit in as well. It's like, I said, I don't know if I can give you a copy of it, but I'll see if she'll let me give you a copy of it. Because I don't know if it's out yet. I said, no, I'll ask her. But she's like, I want my granddaughter to get this. Right. You know. And I, and, I, and I think, too, you know, when we think about insecurities being skin deep, and, and they're not, you know, we carry things, like I said, we internalize those messages and they start to mess with the spirit thing. And then you start to walk in the thing that defines you, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even my baby girls, you know, they look for one thing, but I think it, it's something else when you start talking about the pressures of what other things and people trying to, when you say try to fit in, you know, what you have to do in order to be accepted, um, what you have to do in order to be popular, um, the kind of people you have to hang with, the kind of clothes you have to wear. Um, the song basically is telling us women, you know, and, and men if you want to yeah. adapt to it because they have, they struggle with it too. Yeah. You know, you don't have to do all of that. Just, just, and you be you. Just be you. And be happy being you. And being right. right. I can see sometimes about my behind. And I don't think that it's that big. <laughs> they feel like it should just be. And I mean, I've been looked up and down before. And, but I'm like, you need to get mad at my mom then because these are genetics. Tell them, people paying for that. What's I'm saying? People are paying for that. It looks like where, where genetics. whatever the labels are that you're going to allow people to put on. It's, it's, one, it's, it's, it's that thing, you know, where you can, if you can give me anything, I don't have to accept any part, right? And so you can, you can call me whatever you want. You can talk about me however you want. But what I need our, our, our people and our, our girls to understand is that we choose what we wear, right? Every day you choose what you put on, including the ladies. And so just walking that day, you know, whatever you got, you drag it the wagon. I mean, do that thing. Because I, I guarantee you somebody somewhere is laid up on the table trying to do just what you got. Just what you got. And some of them ain't making it off of them. So they're not making it off. Oh, they're making it off the table, but they're not making it out to show nobody they knew you. Absolutely. Because they dying before. Absolutely. So I'm trying to love the song. Wonderful. Oh, on the album. I am. I am writing every day. I have a great friends who are in my corner and are encouraging me, you know, get, get it finished, get it finished, get it finished. Um, I think timing is everything. You know, I don't want to rush. I, I think music has a... Um, it has a space and time, you know, and if you do things ahead of time, it can be the right thing at the wrong time and still not produce the results that you want. So I'm, I'm being somewhat, um, I'm, I'm approaching it gingerly, if that makes sense. You know, um, I write about life experiences. I write about things that I live. I write about things that I see. 
And so it's not just putting something out for somebody to buy to. I want it to be meaningful, you know, and more than anything. And relatable. Yeah, relatable. Because that's what, that's, what, that's what causes us to go back and listen to the stuff that was written in the 90s. Anything that tells a story. It tells a story, and, and we can identify with it, right? So um, I'm taking my time with it, but I'm looking forward to releasing another single for sure. I got, I got a summer banger that's coming um, that I did in collaboration with my boy D-Walk. D-Walk is right here out of Dallas. He's overdue. I'm shouting you out. The, I hope you hear There's a lot huh? of great talent in Dallas. Dallas is saturated. People are switching. And we're not even a music town. I, I don't even understand But here's the thing, not. Camille. We are. We are a music town. We are yeah. absolute. Think about the kind of things that are coming out of Dallas. You got the Modicus Chenwise. You got your Gino Jones. You have Foot, Robert Seawright. You have Sean. Yeah. You have, I mean, these guys are Daniel Jones, who happens to be my cousin. Hey, D, I'm shouting you out. Uh, Daniel Jones is MD for Justin Timberlake and, really? and Janet Jackson. He's right here out of Art Magnum, right here out of Dallas. Um, we are a musical city. We have Mandy, who's coming up. We've got Raven Lamb. We've got Houston. The girl is dope. Hey, Mandy Boo. Yes. I mean, there are so many dope artists that are from right here in our city. The thing about it is, is, is that our city has to support our city because no, what happens is these guys do what they do here and then they get their notoriety right because it's because we get I guess I can't figure out we get comfortable we come I can't I can't figure out if we don't have a it's the same reason why your homegirl can open up a beauty supply store and you won't patronize that one without looking for something for free but you go up the street and spend three times as much as that you know sewing into somebody else it is it, it's it's the nature of what we do. It's not music is not an exception. Um, but when I tell you we are not short on talent, we are absolutely not short on talent. Um, but the summer banger is coming. It's entitled 100. Um, it's a little bit of 90s pop R&B. It's a collaboration one that I um, co-wrote with uh, D-Wop and uh, once again Anthony Houston was in on that. Um, we recorded it, making some fine tunes, to, you know, some clean up some fine points to it. And I look for that one to be out right around the beginning. what direction, yeah. you know, the Lord has for me. I know, you know, my work is important. 
Um, I, I'm looking forward to getting involved. I do want to be able to use my experience in education and kind of find a way to marry it with my artistic ability. Um, for a long time, I kept those things very separate. And I'll be real honest, it was kind of selfish. Um, when people in my work life found out that I had a singing life, you know, people start calling on you. They want you to sing the national anthem at all the games. And, you know, you, 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 it becomes a little convoluted. Yeah, you know, it becomes a little convoluted. So I worked real hard to keep those things separate. Um, and to the point to where here recently I was... Um, did such a good job of trying to keep it separate. I was offered a really lucrative uh, opportunity, a promotional opportunity in a neighboring district. Who shall remain naked? But it was a promotion. Uh, I was going to be in a very high-ranking position in the school district, and the hiring authority, who basically um, offered me the job, started digging around and found out that I was a musician. And I'm telling this story. I haven't told this story publicly. Um, but after a series of interviews that were went incredibly well um, and basically making plans for the last step in the hiring process, this lady called me and said, well, I wish you had told me you were lounge singing. And what? Yeah. The, what? She said, I wish you had told me, you know, you had that you were a lounge singer. And I was like, a lounge singer? And, you know, you tell me lounge singer, I think of Jessica Rabbit. She's laying on the piano and a smoking in Las Vegas. Right. You know, scantily clothed, you know, that kind of thing. I was like, what do you mean a lounge singer? Well, she had been digging around on my social media, which has never been private because I, I'm, I'm a mother of a four-year-old. And, you know, I'm a praise and worship leader in my church. I don't have anything to hide. Um, but I just never thought that I needed to divulge that uh, in my my professional life. But apparently she thought that I needed to and she had a problem with the fact that I was a quote-unquote lounge singer. I was like, oh no, my discography is, you know, out there. You can see the, the work that I've done and the people that I've worked with. I don't have anything to hide. My music is not uh, vulgar. And my music or, doesn't have anything to do with the education, which is why I'm here. It, does, it does not. Well qualified, the most qualified, apparently. Mm-hmm. She and Natasha called me, you know, several right. times, scheduled meetings with me, right. gave me the lowdown, dirty on what was going on and what I was walking into. The whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, I, I don't know why I feel guilty. Well, I don't know what it is, but I, I know, know that I, I do know this. Uh, I was hurt and a little bit devastated. You know, I've gone to college, have several degrees, and I've sat at the table with incredibly gifted minds in the field of education who have groomed me. Um, and, and there's no, I'm not looking to not be an educator. I'm, I think I'll always do that. Um, but one thing I know for sure is that that opportunity not being given to me was a God thing. Um, however, how, it was just another label, right. if that makes sense. Right. I think this is what also propelled the necessity for heard it all before. Because, I mean, you have not heard it until somebody tells you, exactly. you a lounge singer. Exactly. I think I've been in the business for 17 years. In a lounge singer, I am In a lounge singer, I have never been. I'm not. Now, don't, never now I will be. Let me plug. I will be at, at the cigar lounge this evening, rocking <laughs> with my people, having a good time. But my music is an outlet. It makes right. people feel good. There's not anything about what I do that I think should have cost me that. But until it costs you something, right. you don't really sometimes, I think, value what it is. You know what I'm saying? And so it's okay. I'm not mad about it. You know, I'm not acting up about it. Um, I'm still doing what I do. I have, you know, great opportunities ahead of me. 
Um, but I think more than anything, when you ask me what I want to do next, I want to find a way to use my platform, um, use my experiences in education, use the God-given talents, all of them, and make it all work together to empower to uplift, to encourage, and to just help people live life. Music helps us do that. Music is medicine. It's medicine. People who love music have never been touched by music. Absolutely. And I understand we have a lot of songs out there that they are supposed to be music or they're camouflaged as music, but they're not speaking to anybody. They're not saying, it's just a beat. Something loud and ain't saying nothing. Yeah, it's just a nice beat. You know, it's, but there's no story behind it. There's no feeling. There's no heart. There's no love. There's right. no emotion. Nothing attached to it. Just, just a beat. So I, I get where she probably was thinking in her mind, but had she just allowed herself, had she maybe quit a little further and heard these things, and she would have understood. Oh, she, she said that she did, and you have a beautiful voice. I just don't believe this community is... Uh, ready to accept someone with those kinds of associations and You don't know what kind of association is and I And I didn't ask because that's all math for something else. You understand right. what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, it, it wasn't for me to dig any deeper. You know, I, I said thank you for the opportunity and I, I allow God to, to do the healing in that and I'm looking for his direction because right. one thing I know for certain is that all things work together for the good of the Lord. And so that just wasn't for me. I needed to experience that Okay. And I needed to hear that right. in order to propel me into what is coming. Exactly. And I'm okay with that. Exactly. I'm okay with that. I'm glad you're okay. I am. I'm okay with that. It is. They're lost. It is. Whatever unnamed district you are, it's all I'm just going to sit back and see. I, I, I tell you this much. The position is still open. Mm-hmm. And it's going to probably be and open. And it's going to be that way. So exactly. You don't mess with God's people. It says, touch not my anointing. my prophet no more. Now, I don't know if you... Uh, or five or can detest that you are definitely annoying. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. You got to be the good. We don't, I, don't, I don't hide or separate any of those parts of who I am. I am a child of God. I love the Lord. Loved him a long time. And I know that without him, nothing that I've experienced at all, ever, any place in my life, none of the success, be it professionally, be it personally, be it musically, none of those things would be possible without him. And so I'll, I'll never hide that part of who I am. Like I said, I'm a worker. Should leave it. I do that. Quote, that, uh, there's no platform or genre supersedes the gift, nor the gift. I am simply blessed to be you. Listen, all gifts and talents come from the Lord. Listen, uh, it is, I, I, what I hope that people see and what I hope that people know and understand is that no gift at all anywhere comes any other place other than by the gift by it being the gift of the Father. Now, what we do with the gift is the total different story, right? So, I don't, I've never wanted to be like, you know, you need to be a gospel artist, you need to be a this kind of artist, you need to be a that. You don't let anybody put in. I don't want that because I was listening. And I was like, I hear so much in this one song. I heard so much. I heard jazz. I heard gospel. I heard worship. I heard pop. I heard a little R&B. I heard a little blues. And I was like, ah, she's not going to let anybody I don't want to be defined. And I don't want to be anybody. She can sing anything. I can sing anything for anybody on any platform. Right. If it if, if it fits what it is that I want to represent. Right. And what I love about it is that doing music my way in this way 
allows me to be selective in that way. I'm not a uh, starving artist. Shout out to those that are. Um, I don't have to ascribe to anybody's definition of whoever it is because I have a day job that I absolutely love. I can do music on my own terms. And I enjoy it that way. I don't think I would want to do it any other way. Um, I, I, and, and that quote, you know, when people ask me, well, who is it? What, what do you do? You know, what, what kind of music? I just describe you. I, it just is. I just, I, I'm just Ebony. Yeah. You'll see just Ebony. I know I'm just Ebony. You never know what you're going to get. So in a given day. Right. But if, if the opportunity is what it is that I can align myself to and it doesn't uh, cause me to deviate from the morals and the values that I hold for myself and the way that I want to be known, right. I can do that. Yeah. So whether it's praise and worship on a Sunday morning at Fourth Ward Baptist Church in the little town of Ennis, Texas, or it's Kenya with the Potter's House of Dallas and Bishop T.D. Jakes and under the leadership of, you know, Steve Lawrence, or it's in the studio with Devo, or in the studio with Madaku, or if it's sitting on my patio with a pen and a paper right. and doing my own thing. I'm just editing. And it is good. I it know. It flows from you. It couldn't if I wasn't living it. It flows from you. It could not. It flows from you. I feel it. And it flows from you. Period. I know this was going to be a good conversation. <laughs> I, I knew last night, and I was like, trying to get ready for another podcast with my sisters. And I was like, oh, I got to contact every make sure she can make it tomorrow. Oh, she can make it tomorrow. And um, I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you made it. And it's been, been an honor. It's, it's been great. I'm waiting on a whole album. It's coming. It's coming. I cannot wait because as soon as you drop it, wherever you drop it, I'm going to pick it up. Wonderful. One thing about me, I love the music. That I love the music. Something I can relate to. Something I can, that makes me think and it intrigues me. I'm, I'm good. You can make me mad. And if I put my headphones on, it takes you to a whole other place. I don't care what you just said. I don't care what you're talking about. Because that don't even matter. That's what the music is supposed to be. None of that matters anymore. Absolutely. So I am just loving it. I'm trying to see if I have, I wrote down all these different questions or whatever. I'm trying to run through a couple of them. Sure. Uh, just right off the top of my head. How old were you when you started thinking? Probably young. Um, I think I've been singing all my life. I think some, one of my earliest memories of really singing for real was in my daddy's home studio. I was probably about eight, and uh, you know, dad had his, had a studio at the house, and the song was the Commodore. Keep your head to the sky. I had it probably maybe eight years old. Oh, I had to get a whooping to make things. Oh, I mean, uh, it, I, it was I, was natu- I naturally gravitated to it. I was never singing for people like other than my family. And I got busted one day in the backyard. Playing <laughs> solid gold. Uh-oh. With a towel on my head. Yeah. I was Marilyn McCoon. Were you turning the face? Yes, I was. <laughs> and my grandmother was like, what are you doing? And people had stopped. I must have really just seen, they had stopped in that car. Had a whole I, I was like, Oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah. And she's like, if you don't sing for the devil, you don't sing for the Lord. I got to do Y'all got to go follow her. No, oh, I've been singing everything. <laughs> I sound like this Shirley <laughs> Keeney. I can get a whooping. But I didn't want to do all of that. Your name after playing church again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But we already know that you don't categorize your music or your sound. Um, you don't trust me, you don't. <laughs> you don't. That's been a good You do not. We talked about um, Credit Hour 4. Uh, I don't make sure I don't miss anything. 
We talked about the impending album. And I love the name, although I can't say it. The name of the new album. That's oh, Resuscitation of the Soul? Yeah. So, I, and I don't know that we're even going that direction anymore, Camille. That, that, um, I, it, it, I haven't changed it because I haven't, I haven't heard anything new. Um, but when I first started on the journey, it's like reviving. It is. What I, what I, what I was attempting to do, um, back in 2013 when I started this journey, I wanted to bring something back to music today that was reminiscent of what we had if I took you back to 1994, 1995, when R&B was still so close to connected to soul music, right? Um, that it felt good. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the reason why when we turn on our popular radio stations today, what we gravitate to is what we heard back then, right? It's not so much this new stuff, right? Um, but it's, you know, resuscitation, breathing life back into, giving life to again, reviving soul and finding finding the commonalities in music that help us to remember why we love music in the first place. Right. That's what the goal was behind the resuscitation of soul. Um, so I want it to be a little bit neo, but a whole lot classic. I wanted a little bit pop, but a whole lot of common, right? Uh-huh. And um, that's what I'm still working towards. I don't know if the name will live, but, oh, but the intent behind it will definitely be oh, Music revives. If you really think about it, it's cyclical. It repeats itself. It does. It just it, it brings you alive. Like I said, you can make me mad if I put my headphones on. I'm fine. You know, ten minutes into whatever song I'm listening, because that's going to take me away from whatever is going on. Even at work, if it's too quiet or if it's too noisy, if I can just plug in, music is my world. Right. That's where I reside. You know. So. I hope the name lives. Hope it lives too. It, it's not off the table yet. I can't so say it, but I knew what it meant. Resuscitation. Resuscitation. Nah, bruh. Nah, bruh. <laughs> I was like, bruh. Resuscitation. I, I don't even. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, well, I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving it, and I'm loving this interview. And I think I'm, I ran out of questions. Okay. Yeah, I ran out of questions. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's Ebony McGee. We're waiting. We're waiting patiently. So in the meantime, if I could just have everyone let's build this fan base so that everybody knows what's there, what you know, I'm 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 grassroots building it up, not doing anything major to try to attract people. But if you um like what you heard and you want to hear more, find me on social media. I'm, I am just Ebony or just Ebony on uh, Facebook, I am just Ebony on Instagram. I follow you on Facebook now. Yes, find me on Instagram, follow me on Facebook. The website is www.justebony.com. We'll be having more. It'll be there. Um, dates, uh, you know, for performances. I do have um, my family, my band family, PMV, that um, I'm rocking with here in the city. Um, occasionally here and there. So if you're looking for a lot of tonight. I am. I'm going to be at Smoker's Jacket Cigar Lounge tonight with PMV. That's going to be a whole house party. So um, it's over in uh, Duncanville. Come out, hang out with us. Say hi. You got anything else coming up? This will air next Friday. I don't know what the dates Thursday are. Friday. I don't have my dates with me right now, but they'll be on the website. We'll, I'll have Nikki put them up. Go um, to the website. Go to the website. Follow me on social media. It's always on social media and on the website first. Okay. 
Thank you for joining me inside Cafe Conversations. Remember to subscribe to the website at www.cafeconversationswithladyd.com.